We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select... LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh, my goodness! Stunning! With the left hand! Devontae deep! Oh, my goodness! I don't believe it! A 30-foot of the Just stop it already! All right, welcome to another BuzzBeat. This is your host, Richie, and I'm back with another episode. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online and Indeed. On today's episode, we've got more audio clips courtesy the Hornets and Hornets.com from Borrego and the players as well. And then I'm also going to give you guys some of my thoughts on the storylines that I've been able to gather at a training camp. Before we get into this episode, though, we want to remind you guys to take a listen to some of our last several episodes. If you haven't already, uh, we had one on the Gordon Hayward reaction we had Jacob Brood on from the Lonzo Wire to talk about Lamella Ball. And then last episode, I had one very similar to this where I had a couple of audio clips from players, including Gordon Hayward, Devonta Graham, and a full interview of Terry Rozier. So be sure to give those last three episodes a listen. And then just to give you a heads up, we will be putting out another episode this week on Thursday giving our thoughts on the schedule release as well as the team's direction as they have completed more group workouts in training camp. So heading into camp and as the team has practiced for a handful of days now, there certainly have been plenty of talking points. You've got the fact that the Hornets have not played in over 250 days. You've got the talking point of LaMelo Ball and how he's going to get caught up to speed in a shortened offseason as a rookie. You have Malik Monk testing positive for COVID. You've got the Hayward acquisition and how his veteran presence will have an effect on this team. You've heard JB talking about pushing the pace, about positionless basketball. There's a lot to talk about with this team, and every outlet 
every media outlet takes a different angle. But the main things that I've been focusing on and have been tailoring my questions to have been more about X's and O's and strategies with the new makeup of this roster. I think there's a lot of different things that Borrego can try with the roster. Uh, it feels like on paper, they are more versatile. They are, they are more positionless as a team. And those are the buzzwords that have been thrown around uh, in, in these media availabilities. These questions have been asked about positionless basketball, about all these players being more versatile. I think on paper that is true, uh, which is all good. You know, all these keywords, buzzwords, whatever you want to call them, it's all good stuff. But there is still an execution and a strategy aspect that has to be carried out as well. So let's focus on the buzzword positionless. So when you when you hear that word positionless, you think of personnel, you think of players that are able to obviously play on the offensive side, but more so on the defensive side, being able to switch across multiple positions. So they're not at a disadvantage if they are guarding a shooting guard versus a power forward. You have a player that can guard up a position or down a position. So I do think on paper, there are some players that have the ability to switch across multiple positions. Uh, there's going to be lineups, obviously, that are included with smaller lineups and, and typically players that are in that 6'5 to 6'7 range that have the ability to go up or down a position. You may see a lineup uh, that is prominently played this season of Devontae Lamelo. Hayward, Bridges, and Washington. And that lineup, it just feels like those five players, along with some other players on this roster, have the ability to switch across multiple positions, um, at least on paper. Now, the issue with smaller lineups is being able to defend size, right? Being able to rebound. These are, these are things that the Hornets have struggled with, regardless if they have come out with a smaller lineup or just your traditional lineup. Charlotte is coming off a year where they were 30th in defensive rebounding, allowing close to 30% of opponents' misses to be rebounded. So size isn't the cure-all for rebounding, but it certainly helps. So when the Hornets do go small this season, their hope is that, one, probably that they force the hand of other teams to go small, two, kind of negating that disadvantage in the size department, or they're just going to have to collectively going to be better on the defensive side. They're going to have to collectively be able to rebound um, and so that they can get out in transition. I think that's another thing that the Hornets and James Brigo has been stressing. So, yeah, they got to keep the teams out of the paint, got to get the rebounds. And I think with the personnel, they do have the ability to do that. Um, but it's also going to be more of a challenge when you do lack size. I relayed a question through Sam Purley of Hornets.com, and he asked a question on my behalf, uh, and, and Borrego responds to this, and how they will make sure that they can actually start transition opportunities but also improve on the defensive rebounding if they have smaller bodies out there on the court. Here is the the response that Borrego gave to that question. Well, the first thing is a concept we talk about a lot is prevention is cure. We can't let the ball get to the paint as easily this season, especially if we're small. So if it gets there, we're going to be in trouble. We want to prevent it before it gets there. That starts on the ball, in our shifts, in our loads, in our on-ball defense on the perimeter. Once the ball gets up on the glass and gets to the rim, 
It's about physicality. We've got to become a more physical, determined team on the board. All five guys committed to rebounding, um, which we know ignites our offense. We want to play faster. If you rebound it, you get to bring it. Grab that thing and go push the pace. But we have to be committed as a group to hit bodies, be more physical in the paint, snatch and go with the rebound. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so on to the next area that I wanted to focus my attention on this training camp and moving forward into the season is transition opportunities. Once we solve the issues of creating those opportunities by grabbing those defensive rebound. How did this team get better and actually scoring and converting in the open court? How is that going to look this season? Hornets were 24th in the NBA in transition points last season. They were 16th, according to cleaning the glass, in frequency of transition plays, and then 27th in points per 100 transition possessions. So relatively speaking, really, when you look at this roster from last season, uh, the Hornets that actually saw significant minutes that actually produced and actually added value in transition were really only, you know, to my knowledge, Devante, Cody Martin, Cody Zeller, and to a lesser extent, P.J. Washington. Uh, just looking at the numbers, just looking at what you see on your screen, those were the only players that actually added value in transition. Now you go ahead and add the best passer, the best hit-ahead passer from the draft in LaMelo Ball. You add Gordon Hayward, who can grab and go, who can fill the lanes correctly and make the necessary reads in transition. And suddenly, now you have a team that can not only make more opportunities, 
but also add points in transition. So this is definitely something that I'm looking forward to this season and see how they can take their smaller lineups and use it to their advantage in transition. But also, like I said, they've got to start those opportunities by stopping the opponent and grabbing the rebound. A little later uh, in this episode, you will hear Borrego speak on Hayward's impact in transition. Uh, but he's he's going to definitely make a, a difference in pushing the pace. Here are some transition numbers that I wanted to throw your way. Hayward was in the 81st percentile in overall transition plays, according to Synergy, scoring 1.27 points per transition possession. When it comes to his transition play, most of the time, 37% to be exact, came with him handling the ball. And he scored on 1.06 points per possession. That's that's placing him in the 74th percentile. A really, really good number. Wasn't a huge portion of his possessions, but about 10% of his transition possessions were on leak outs, meaning he times the, the rebound perfectly, cherry picks for a lack of a better term, and is able to leak out down the court for a seemingly open opportunity. Only 10%, but he was very good on those as well. He scored on 10 of those 12 possessions this past season, once again ranking in the 74th percentile. The last area I wanted to focus on was Gordon Hayward's shot profile. We've consistently heard from JB how he loves to get open looks from three, loves to get to the rim and to the line. And we saw this shot profile in action last season. You know, he's going to try to drive and kick and get those open threes. He's going to try to force the ball into the paint and try to get to the basket. And if he doesn't get to the basket all the way, uh, a player will get fouled and, and go to the line. The Hornets were sixth in the NBA in attempts frequency at the rim. They were 10th in the NBA in three-point frequency. If you take the field goal attempts... From both of these spots, Charlotte takes about 76% of their attempts either at the rim or from behind the arc. That That's a top five, top 10-ish number in the league. So he has a philosophy, and he's sticking to it, and that's the philosophy he has kind of ingrained into these players as they are practicing and how that transitions over to the court. Hayward, on the other hand lives in the mid-range, right? Taking over 40% of his shots from that spot. Uh, I'm, I'm not totally against mid-range shots by any means, especially if that player can hit them with great success like Hayward, but it's going to be interesting to see how JB will address that and try to adjust Gordon's game moving forward so that it fits within the offense. And I think you do need players like Gordon that can go get you a bucket when you need to in the mid-range but that is going to be an interesting kind of back and forth there. I've got a clip here from Borrego, and I even included my interaction with him prior to the question about him joining BuzzBeat jokingly. So you all can uh, take a listen to that. Maybe we can get a, a campaign going to have Borrego join the podcast. Anyway, you'll hear him answer a question about Hayward's mid-range ability as well as his transition ability that I mentioned before. Hey, this is Richie of the Busby Podcast. How's it going? Well, how are you? Doing good, thanks. I have two questions. Uh, What's that? 
How's the pod doing? It's doing good. It's doing good. Maybe I can get you on it one day. Um, two questions. Number one, I asked uh, Gordon Hayward on Tuesday about his ability to shoot from the mid-range um, and converting from there. He said he had a similar conversation with you about that, uh, about how you preach open threes and getting to the rim. How do you balance your offensive philosophy with a player like Gordon who takes over 40% of his shots from the mid-range while also being very good there as well? Well, I think he understands the value of the shots that we like. You know, we talk about our offensive identity a lot here, and it really starts with shot selection. The shots you value is really your identity. And to me, I got to be flexible, though, with somebody like Gordon. He's elite in the mid-range. This is a guy that shoots high level in the mid-range. His percentages is at an elite level. He's comfortable in the mid-range. And I'm, I'm willing and I'm open to adjust and adapt to that. And we need him to take some mid-range shots. Um, in close game situations, in you know late game situations, he's got to take those mid range pull ups, and and I expect them to go in. So, a lot of that, Richie's just built off of his body of work. You know, he's just done it at such a high level. His percentage says it's good. His volume says it's good. I would just like him to add some more three point volume to his to his mix. And as a f- and- and his rim volume. I think his rim volume and his three-point volume can go up. Right, right. And as a follow-up, you've made it known that you want to get out and push the pace as well. Um, at the age of 30, Gordon Hayward is, is still a very good transition player out in the open court. Uh, what Do you do you have any insight as to how or why he's so good uh, in transition despite his age, despite maybe his injuries as well? Well, I think, you know, he's just, you know, transition is interesting. We, we talked about this a lot today with our group. If you if you you've covered us and you've watched us for the last couple of years. We turned the ball over a tremendous amount of transition last year. Advantage basketball, we struggled in that area. And it really just comes down to decision-making. He's a guy that can play in the open floor and make decisions on the fly, whether that's getting to the rim, shooting the pull-up, finding somebody that's open. I think a lot of his transition success is just decision-making, that he can make the right play in flow in transition. And for young guys, that's that, you know, Gordon's, you know, I guess on, on the older side for, for the NBA, if you want to put it that way, but uh, young guys have, they struggle in that area to make decisions on the fly that quickly in transition. And I think last year I tried to play a little bit faster and we found out that it was tough for our young group and we were turning the ball over quite a bit. Um, And I tried to slow the gym down a little bit more to get shots on each possession and, you know, value the, the each possession and get shots uh, every possession. And with someone like Gordon and LaMelo, they're just more comfortable in making decisions in the open court. So I expect our game in transition to be much more efficient. So there you have it. You have JB talking about Hayward's shot profile, mid-range shots that he's very good at, but also takes over 40% and how he's going to balance that with his offensive philosophy. If you want to hear Gordon Hayward's like initial response to my question, you can listen to the previous episode and he talks about that as well. And then also you hear from JB about transition opportunities, especially coming from Gordon Hayward, who is a veteran and, and he knows to make the right plays fill the lanes, make the right passes, and not turn the ball over. And that's what makes him so effective as a player in transition. We are going to end this episode, again, a a audio clip courtesy of Hornets and Hornets.com. If you guys want to see this in a video form, you guys can go to Hornets.com. Sometimes it might just be easier to to listen to it, Uh, but you're going to hear the full interview of Caleb Martin, who joined the media on Saturday afternoon. Hey, Caleb, how are you? Um... JB was talking about different people 
in the what he's seen in the practice the last two days. And it was interesting when he said, when he brought up Lamelo, he said, "These guys better have their heads up because the ball is going to be flying at them." He was he just you know the how how sort of daring and um, proactive he is with his passing. Is there anything you can compare what he's like? It's hard. To, I mean, it's hard. It's only the second day. It's hard to compare. Or, uh, do comparisons, but he's uh, he's he, like Coach said. He's a really willing passer. He's he's first uh, first instinct is uh, to facilitate. So obviously, it's fun for guys like us on the wings who are running the floor and uh, just uh, constantly looking up and able to keep your head on uh, at the ball because you never know when it's going to come towards you. So uh, yeah, man, he, he he gets it. He likes to play. He's um, you know he's active when he gets it and brings it up the floor. Fast pace. So. Uh, we're always looking for a pass for him, so it's been fun so far. Is there a sense of the unexpected that he'll try things that maybe other people wouldn't try? Uh, I just think that you kind of already get a sense from him that he's the type of player who who's comfortable in a lot of different settings and environments. So it doesn't matter if it's the first day or the 100th day. You know what I mean? He's going to come in and, and, and be mellow. So uh, he's, he's came in and uh, – you know, just have fun with it. And obviously there's a lot of things he's still trying to learn and he asks a lot of questions and, you know, he's a willing learner as well. So, you know, because people forget that, you know, he's he's young. He's really, really young still. So, I mean, so it's pretty cool to see that he comes in and he's willing to learn and just still trying to have fun with it. So, Thanks. Yeah, Sam, next. Hey, Caleb, thanks for joining us. Just kind of looking for your initial thoughts on getting the season started after – um, a long layoff, and the last time we talked to you was a September bubble. Just how you're feeling, how the team's feeling, the energy through the through the first couple of days, things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean the feeling's good, of course. Uh, it's, you know, it's been it's been a long time coming for us to get back together and be in the gym. So it's kind of it's kind of still a little weird to get that, uh, to have the feeling that we're back in the facility and everybody's together playing. But obviously, it's a really good feeling, and I think everybody's ready to go. They've been waiting for a long time, and we got a lot of new faces, so. Um, I think everybody's been amped up, anxious. We've had really good energy throughout the last two days. And um, <clears throat> just because we also know that the season's approaching very quickly. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good energy. Everybody's been ready to go. So I think everybody's been excited. And a quick follow-up. When the season ended towards that last week in Atlanta, Miami, I mean, you were really getting an opportunity and playing well, particularly on catch-and-shoot situations. How is your – you mentioned shooting being a big focus this summer. How has that kind of progressed, and is it kind of expanded into, you know, creating your own chances and things like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just – I feel some sort of uh, uh, comfortability and trust throughout the staff, and my teammates with me is, is obviously gained from last season. And, uh, you know, that just makes me more comfortable the more I play, and – uh, I can tell everybody's pushing me to, you know, make plays, shoot the ball. Don't be, you know, don't be worried about they, – they don't want me to pass up shots. So that's obviously a good feeling for me. And uh, that just shows, uh, you know, that just puts confidence in me and shows that they have a lot of trust in me and, and the work that I've been putting in this summer. So, um, you know, I've been shooting since we stopped playing in Miami. So uh, that's all I've been working on. And, and, you know, I think a lot of guys have seen my progress. So um, I'm just ready to get out there and continue to make shots. Thank you. Let's go to Richie and then Raphael. 
Hey, Caleb, this is Richie of the BuzzBeat Podcast. Uh, you and your brother are very similar in a lot of ways, uh, obviously, but when it comes to the offensive side of the court, you guys take on a little bit of a different role. He's more of the playmaker while you have more of the perimeter shooting. I was wondering if there's a part of his game that you either try to emulate or ask for advice on, and then vice versa. Does he ever come to you and ask for specific advice on a part of your game? Yeah, um, that's actually a good question. That's the first time I had that. Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I do actually ask Cody um, a lot of stuff, especially defensive, uh, defensively, because um, that's one of been his his next uh, as we've been growing up. He's I've always watched him do certain things on defense and how he gets certain stops and how he gets different pokes or hands on balls or or um, or whatever. And um, and a lot of it, I just ask him technique wise how he does his feet or his body and just different stuff like that. I've been asking questions. I've been obviously been asking questions for a long time, but each year I find him either picking up on something new. And so I try to do the same thing, emulate, uh, emulate that in mind. So, uh, but offensively, he does the same thing with me, whether it's how I want to get a shot off or how do I put people on my body a certain way or, um, you know, just how do I create a shot off a pick and roll or, or whatever the case may be. Like, he, he asked me certain questions too. So it's definitely a back and forth. Very good. Thank you. Rod. Oh, sorry, Raphael. And then Rod. Hey, Caleb, this is Raphael from the three-point conversion. Going into year two, I want to know, what have you focused on? Like, I know you learned a lot, as you spoke before, that you're, um, you know, your shooting got hot at the end of the game, I mean, end of the year. But now, going into year two, what are you trying to focus on more and work on? Um, probably playmaking. Uh, probably just better decision making, uh, just more consistently, just making better reads, and so I can just be an overall threat, whether it's perimeter wise or off the, or off the dribble. Um, I think I showed a lot a lot of that in the G League. And I think that's kind of what I can do naturally too is is make plays. But obviously, I'm known more for my perimeter shooting, and I got to play a certain role while I'm here. So um, obviously, I'm one, I'm obviously I'm one of those guys who's always going to play whatever role anybody needs me to play. So. Last year it was to catch and shoot and and play defense three and D. So if and a lot of uh, coaches been wanting me to kind of focus on playmaking as well, throw playmaking in there uh, a little bit this year too. So I've just been working on you know making plays off the drive and kick and kick aheads or you know just penetrating, getting uh, paint touches and, and just making the right read. So just kind of trying to establish my overall game. And as a follow up, coach keeps talking about uh, pushing the ball. I mean, you look at the additions you all have now with LaMelo and Gordon, and of course, along with Terry and Devontae, how, or does it bring an excitement to this year now, playing this type of offense, knowing you all are young? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more about the people they are. Uh, I mean, they're just cool people to be around and they're fun people to play with. So everybody, obviously, you, you've seen them before they even got excited players wherever they were beforehand. So uh, the fact that we have everybody on one team right now and and then you have everybody else on the team who just plays super hard, I think it's hard not to be excited. So I think everybody has the right mindset too as well. So I think that's why it makes it so easy to play with guys. So um, I know everybody's excited to play and I'm sure there can be a lot of highlights this year. So um, I know everybody's ready to get on the floor and kind of put, you know, put our work into a real game. Appreciate it, bro. Hey, Caleb, Rod Moon here, man. Just wondering... Um, 
just how competitive is practice right now? I mean, obviously just two days in, into this thing, but just, you have a lot of different players, new guys have been there. You know, you guys go too deep in positions right now. Just how competitive would you say has things been the first couple of days in practice so far? Oh, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's been real competitive. That's what, you know, that's all what training camp's about is, uh, you know, just getting after each other and especially the new guys that come in, they, they want to come in, they have, they have, you know, stuff to prove for themselves and returners they have, everybody's fighting for a spot. And that's what, you know, that's what it's going to have to be, especially for a young team like us is, you know, it's kind of, you know, like biking, like, I guess, you know what I mean? So everybody's coming and trying to battle. So that's, that's the, that's the good thing I like about training camp. That's, that's, that's what I'm about. So I love everything about it. So it's been competitive and, you know, just, that's just the culture we're trying to, uh, to have around here. So uh, we don't really expect nothing less. Let's uh, wrap up with Jason and then Jack. Thanks, Brian. Hey, Caleb, this is Jason Brown with Spectrum News 1 here in Charlotte. Um, obviously, you and Cody worked really hard to make your skies, make yourselves rather regular rotational players by the end of last season. With the additions that the Hornets have made, I'm sure you guys both come in here to training camp with a lot of confidence, but I'm assuming it's also something that you, you can't take last year for granted. You can't take, you can't just sort of walk in and think, Hey, I'm still a regular rotational player on that, on this team. So how do you sort of balance the two, the confidence versus knowing you still have to put it in that work every day? Uh, for sure. I mean, putting in work and coming into work is natural. So, I mean, I don't really dwell on the, on the past or, you know, think about, you know, living, I guess the glory days, which is would, would be last season. So, I mean, whatever you do in the year before is kind of scratched. Obviously, it's good, and people can remember what they want to remember. But at the end of the day, people going to remember what happens in training camp right now and what you do uh, in, in and outside the gym um, starting the first day of training camp. So, uh, but, you know, that's the good thing about it. I'm all for competition, and I'm all for grinding, So, uh, and which is everybody else. So I think that's the thing about having a young team is that nobody's really safe in their spots, and it, that's the thing about our team as well is everybody's so versatile that, you know, everybody's got to come ready to play. So I'll wrap up with Jack here. Second year, and this is still a pretty young team, but do you think James Brego has built a legitimate, uh, sustainable culture there? Oh, for sure. I mean, it starts at, you know, it starts at the top and they've done a great job of, uh, letting guys know what, what we're all about and what type of culture they've been trying to establish here. So I think in, you know, these last, you know, the last two seasons that I've been here and, and uh, the start of my second season, it's, it's been drilled in us. And and uh, I think everybody understands. And I think the vets on our team do a great job of coming in and helping those guys understand the culture too. And um, I think what they do a good job too is like they let the young guys, you know, like me and Cody and Jalen and stuff like that, they allow us to, you know, to help the young guys as well just because, you know, obviously we're still rookies too into that first game. But, uh, you know, they allow everybody to be coachable. We co- we all coach each other. So uh, we don't just leave it up on to the guys up top and to the staff. We, I think that's the good thing about us is that we all care and coach each other and make sure we're all on the same page. So it's been easy it's been easy to have that culture and, and, and keep it going. All right. Again, thanks for tuning in. I again wanted to thank and give credit to the Hornets for this audio. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It would mean a lot to us if you guys could promote this on social media. Give it a like. Give it a retweet. Also, give us a quick rating on Apple Podcast. We will be back with another episode this Thursday. And hope you guys have a good one.